Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Is This a Thing? It's April night Shama month. Shama month. That sounds like a totally different thing. Shama? Shomer Shabbos. Help me out. Give me something. I've been trying to figure this out. I don't know what to call it. It's Shomer Shabbos. It is actually Saturday, so there you go. Shomer Shabbos. (laughs) How how does April and M night, there's got to be something there, right? Well, spring's happening. The happening's (laughs) happening. Plants are happening. (laughs) It's happening. It's happening. Holy shit. Uh, This month is just the happening. It's just, yes. (laughs) Welcome to the happening. (laughs) We're finally covering. I wish you guys had seen Men in Black 3. (laughs) M night, Shyamalan's. Career. Why don't Dude, you come back after the happening has happened? It's so fucking funny every time they say the word happen or <laughs> happening or happened in this movie. It is hilarious. Yeah, it's one of those movies. It's one of those things you take a shot every time they say uh, happening. Yes, the happening is happening. Is the happening a good title? Uh, no, obviously not. I don't not. think it is, yeah. Uh, the, there was another, uh, the original working title for this movie was The Green Effect. And I feel like that's slightly better, but still not very good. It's like a, it sounds like a take on Soylent Green. The Green Effect. This, well, it, it is. It's basically it, Soylent Green. This movie's a Soylent Green. <laughs> I think they should have just called the movie, What If Everybody Killed Themselves? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of takes the air out of the reveal, don't you think? Just a little bit. <laughs> Not Mass really. suicide, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> or how about what if they make it like a question? Why is everyone killing themselves? <laughs> Ooh, I like it. That's a long title though. A TTQA. Of, Turn wh- the question around as they <laughs> taught us. And I, I think everyone's uh, killing themselves because. <laughs> I think most titles kind of need to be uh, monosyllabic. It doesn't really work if you have uh, multiple syllables because then everyone forgets the fucking title. Mm. How about this this slogan for the movie from 2007? <laughs> We've sensed it. Capital S. We've seen the signs. Capital S. Now, dot, dot, dot. It's happening. <laughs> it's been in our minds. It's been unbreakable. <laughs> like, like, it's been... It's been <laughs> It really takes a village to unpack this one. And now the lady is in the water. These taglines are. (laughs) These taglines are getting old. That'll come later. (laughs) We've sensed it. That's great. Did anybody even understand the pun? Like, it's such like a niche movie pun. We've sensed it. We've seen the signs. Now, dot, 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 it's happening. I kind of like that. <laughs> I think that's, it's cheesy as hell, but like, I kind of dig it. Man. Go for Honestly, it. Honestly, in a way, that sort of summarizes the problem with the whole movie is that like on paper, it sounds like it should work. It's I just think the execution is so fucking horrible. I think <laughs> you've never seen this movie, Nick. No, I have wow. not until until last night. And uh. yeah, the thing about it is like, I want to like this movie. I want this movie to work. I really do. I'm actually very intrigued by the idea. It is so up my alley. Holy shit. Is this like, seems like it's like the perfect Adam movie. You know, Nico and I are huge fans of the mist. Yeah. So this seems like a movie that he and I would just dig the shit out of. And I, you know, I guess we're just getting into it. Full Let's disclosure, this is a very important film in my film viewing experience. When of did life. you first see it? Christ, I saw it when it came out. Holy shit. Yeah. But you have to understand, like, when I saw the movie, I was at a point in my life where it's like, I was able to recognize when movies were like not that great. But generally speaking, even like the bad movies i was like no that was a fun watch man no you're a kid yeah, yeah. It's, at that point right, it's like, right. yeah you just enjoy things they're yeah, movies the, the, right. the most the most critical i ever am of a movie is like that was boring or that was right. just like this other movie whatever but i hadn't really understood what a truly uniquely bad movie was this was before i saw the room sure which, i mean yeah i think yeah i i it definitely took me till high school to really figure out <laughs> you know how to flex my critical muscles like it wasn't like i i, yeah. I you look back at 
if I wrote down ever what are my favorite movies of all time, it's all, you know, movies that had come out in the last three years. And it was Dark Knight, the Simpsons movie, you know, the other guys. Right. I mean, you're a kid. That's what kids do. You know, like, like, I don't think I don't think I I, I cursed much before seeing this movie. And then afterwards, I was like, wow, that was horse shit. Yeah. And then I just went, went from there. It was like, oh, my God, what what the hell was it was. It was this really interesting, like, epiphany for me, like, oh, wow, that was bad, man. I don't think I'd ever had that level of, like, uh, like just, I don't know, just, like, I just found it totally repugnant. It's yeah. like I'd seen movies where I was like, wow, that was just the best shit I've ever seen ever. But yeah. I never had, like, a low point like this before. Right. Which I think was part of the reason why, like, when I saw The Room, it wasn't the same type of, like, oh, my God, that I think it was for everyone else. I was like, oh, yeah, I've ex- this is complete horseshit as well but like i've experienced something like this before you know this was kind of my room i guess if that makes sense i i think you could make a legit argument that this is the worst movie of all time <laughs> i don't think it's that bad i i, I think ba- you can it's i think really all things bad, considered but- i mean it's just considering also where the director was at this point in his career the the highs that he was at less than a decade before this that's a good point too. you know what i mean um just also these movie stars where they were at this point in their careers like Mark Wahlberg is coming off of an Oscar nomination for yeah, The Departed that's after right. this that's right you know right. and had made you know some silly action movies like Shooter I or like whatever. Shooter though Shooter's not bad uh, whatever there's like, it's like whatever but yeah, yeah. There's, he, he and, made a bunch of like you can do Italian a lot worse. job yeah. like a lot of like cable action heist movies but had worked at this point in his career with Paul Thomas Anderson had worked with David O. Russell a bunch was really good in those movies Got his first his first Oscar nomination working with Martin Scorsese and in a cast filled with the greatest actors alive. He was somehow the standout and was the only one that got the nomination mm-hmm. over Jack Nicholson, of all people, you know, That's in that true, movie. Yeah. Like and, and Zoe Deschanel yeah. and and uh, John Leguizamo are not like nobodies by any means. No. And at this point, They're, they were stars. They were right. legit stars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Zoe Deschanel was. Uh, coming off of Elf a few years earlier was like an indie darling. So when you consider all of that, you consider the budget, um, you consider the intentionality of some of these choices. <laughs> like it, it, it's astounding. Like it was. It's a ast- like I remembered. I, I I saw it a couple years after it came out for the first time, but I remember Mark Wahlberg having. One of the worst performances I've ever seen on any medium ever. Still does. Stage or screen or like radio broadcast. Like it's bad, bad, bad beyond belief. <laughs> I did not remember that Zoe Deschanel almost matches him in awfulness in every single scene. I did not remember that. Um, I remembered that M. Night uh, had definitely lost his fastball directing here. I did not remember, like, the lack of suspense in the movie. Like, just the total, how inert the whole thing is. Like, it it was, uh, seriously, watching it, it's one of the worst movies I I think we've ever done on this show. Really? really Wow. I think think we're pretty close to a nadir with this. What's interesting is, based on our our Facebook Messenger conversations, Nico, you were going the opposite route that I think Adam and, and I thought you would. Well, I have a whole theory. I don't know if you want me to do this now, but I guess I No, can. we don't have to do it right now, but, okay. I, I, you know, we were both afraid, I think, that you were going to come out of this and say, you know what? It's actually not that bad, no. and here's why. No, because and, I... Because that's happened, by the way. There's plenty and, of people online that have made that same argument. No, but their argument is always along the lines of, like, isn't it such a good old 50s B-movie? No, right. it's not. Right. No, it's no, not. No, it's not. <laughs> it is a dumbass movie. The that's Birds not, is so much better yes, than this. it's not scary at all, guys. Like, yeah. at least they put effort into those Invasion things. of the Body Snatchers so much better than like, it, you know like if you want to compare it to the blob or something like yeah. it's not even that good for no. Christ's sake. not even close no no <laughs> like it doesn't even look like a b movie it's like lit like a lifetime movie yes <laughs> what sucks though about this is that you know we've talked a lot recently about how m night has sort of come to this conclusion that he needs more skin in the game for him to have the same energy to make a quality film which right. he does and does. this is one of his first big budget, you know, whatever you want, M. Night, take all the money you need, movies. Yes. Uh, what what really upsets me is that I actually do see the potential in this story. You know what I mean? Like, if he I, made this movie today, I actually think it would be better. 
a version of this though. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. To, to a degree. And that like, there is a version of this story where it's like a plague happens that causes people to behave uh, strangely and cause them to kill themselves. Like, cool. It starts to get a little zany when you're running from the wind and you're saying the plants are evil. Yeah. He's talking to a plastic plant. And God, plastic. <laughs> it makes you kill But a lot yourself. of that, a, a lot of the bad stuff in this is just like the dialogue, the writing. It, it's it's so bad. I mean, it feels it's like a first draft. Really horrible. It's kind of crazy that there was like a major rewrite of this movie at one point that this yeah. was not the first go around because it is so painfully underwritten. Again, just like as a as a as a piece of suspense building, like as yeah, a, it doesn't you know, work. It just it they reveal what's happening like a half hour into the movie. <laughs> There's like a crazy guy who's clearly bug eyed and nuts. I, I that actor is like in a lot of M Night movies. Like he's he's like a really like compelling actor. Oh, the hot dog guy. Yeah, the botanist. Do you like hot dogs, Nico? So this guy shows up and is clearly <laughs> like this. This menacing figure that might have, you know, a a couple like dead cats in his basement and just lays out what's happening in the movie. And for a while there, like we sort of we entertain the idea that maybe there's something else going on. No, that's just exactly what's happening. (laughs) Yep. We just find out a half hour in. I also had another thought that like. Let's say you made like a remake slash sequel of this film, like a different point of view of what's happening. Mm. Uh, but you you have those characters think it's completely different. They have their complete own theories on what's happening and why it's happening. And we just follow that train of thought. And we we leave that knowing like, well, we actually still don't know which of these people are right. Uh, and yeah, it I could mean, just be yeah. anything for a fucking guy that made yeah. his bones doing twists like all of his movies had twists all of them had big reveals at the end and this is the movie you decide not to put twist i mean this movie is desperately in need of something <laughs> at the end it's desperately in need of something other than love stops the plants from killing us yes you know what i mean like it's it's confounding because the whole time you're like oh there's got to be a shoe to drop somewhere like at first they think it's a terrorist attack and that takes about five minutes to figure out that it's not a terrorist attack and then they think maybe it's like the nuclear power plants and again that is not really given that much consideration and then immediately this fucking crackpot's like it's the plants killing us with the wind and he's 100 right and then for the (laughs) next hour we're just running away from wind that has no like internal logic by the way they they never stick to sometimes when you're in big groups they kill you and sometimes yep, if you're yep, alone I thought they the kill same you. Thing, sometimes like- you're a little girl in a, in a bedroom by yourself and the tree outside her window kills her like there's no logic like and who knows what exactly they're running from by the way <laughs> if the trees are they're everywhere there's yep. trees everywhere you step on grass you're fucked you're fucked yeah. No, you know what? The other big one is if you drink a lemon drink by the old lady. Yeah. Why are you eyeing my lemon drink? By the way, what the fuck is that line? Are you, <laughs> why are you eyeing my lemon drink? It's there's, lemonade. There's a lot of, there's, no, there was a lot of argument over whether it was lemonade or if it was just like lemon water. It was Tang. Then it could be fake lemon drink. Lemon Ooh, drink. Tang. Plastic lemon drink. <laughs> but what, you know, it's like there's no momentum to this movie. There's no. There's nothing. There's no, there's no like, oh, this is the sanctuary city that we got to get to. You know, we got to avoid the trees on our way here. It's just constant <laughs> chaos, which I guess like it's intriguing like somewhat as a as like a as an apocalypse movie as like an just, idea the idea that you cannot escape shrubbery you know it's everywhere all the time that's been done before like the like return of the living dead the whole point is no matter what you do you cannot kill this thing which right. is kind of like that's scary and that's thrilling to a degree sure they could have really used that like the idea that you know the the if you go outside, the plants will kill you. For like, if you step on them, they're poisonous or something like that. Not running from the fucking wind doesn't right. work. But like, yeah, that idea. How do you run from wind. You don't. The wind's everywhere. <laughs> it's the air. You breathe it's it in. Air. You're done. How does one run from wind? Great question. That's the exact I, I question that Mike asked himself. How does one run from wind? <laughs> I think this idea works a lot better if it's just like ten percent of the population and there is no discernible reason. It just yeah. happens and there's no logic to it. And that's not the point of the movie. We're not trying to figure out why it's happening. We're trying to figure out how does society react? 
Mm. No, and the, and the movie kind of plays around with that a little bit, which, but it never goes all the, the way most, with it. Those are the most intriguing parts of the movie, I think, where like they're trying to get into the house and the guy pulls out the gun and he shoots the kid. Like that's actually <laughs> that scene is wild fucking, for a number of reasons. And, <laughs> and that well, and that scene is like very compelling until it's over, and then you just see. Mark Wahlberg leaning over the kid like we're well, gonna get out of here buddy he's got a bullet wound in his skull little, like I'm not sure it's it just falls <laughs> apart that scene not, falls apart that scene is a disaster of tone yeah in like yes. the most amazing yes. way and I think this is what I want to get to guys it's like yes this you, you could I don't think it's literally the worst movie ever made I'd say it's one of the worst movies ever made um but guys it's also like amazing Okay, this and is, like, yeah, like it's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. They just, yeah, they're just shooting the kid from the Disney Channel. It in the is chest <laughs> after he like called the guy a pussy. It is hilarious. Like, he just shouted obscenities the, the, at the, the man. S- this fucking song and dance that Mark Wahlberg does to try to ease tensions. Nico, take an interest in science. <laughs> the bees. The bees. What's happening with the bees? <laughs> It's also yeah, Mark, Mark Wahlberg in this, his character Fucking at least Wahlberg, is dude. no man. We're not. He is what? the least just compelling hero. <laughs> <laughs> what? He's the least no. compelling hero I've ever seen. Oh my! God. He sucks. Okay, here's the thing about Fucking Wahlberg. <laughs> Every line reading he's ever had sounds like the stupidest thing you've ever heard. It sounds, he sounds fucking dumb no matter what he's saying. He can recite every digit of pi. It's going to sound moronic coming out of his mouth. Just because he has this very weird cadence and like he always sort of like ascends vocally. Like every sentence ends higher than it started. So in something like Boogie Nights where he's working with one of the great directors of his generation, that fucking works because Paul Thomas Anderson knows how to harness the power of like an idiot kid who's very handsome. Mm. You know what I mean? David O. Russell similarly like makes movies about like morons and bumbling fools and like even in something like three kings he works uh in something like the fighter he works he's harnessed well in the ted movies or in like you know the other guys like in those dumb comedies guys like adam mckay uh, at least understand how to harness this power to for comedy for you know this movie he is being asked to play a science teacher. That's why he took the role. And romantic lead, but it's like... <laughs> That's why he took the role. You're Mark Wahlberg! How, <laughs> you, how much lack of self-awareness can you possibly have? He is famously quoted talking about this movie saying, yeah, this movie's a piece of shit. Fuck it. It's bad. It's the worst thing ever. But hey, at least I wasn't playing a cop or a crook. Yeah, but it's like, it's maybe like, <laughs> there's a reason why you're playing cops yeah, and crooks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's. I can see, though, why an actor is not able to be self-aware about themselves obviously you don't want to get bo- like nobody likes the idea that they're boxed in yeah to a, a certain Mark type Wahlberg, of role but at the same Marky time Mark, though he's not, not from like he's from not a like a third Daniel party Day-Lewis. exactly he's, he's not no, exactly. he's not from much a th- of from an a third actor party guys like from a third party perspective we can all see like stay in your lane but i'm just yeah. saying if it was you you would not you would obviously also be like upset by the idea that you have a, a type I understand why he took the role. Absolutely. Yeah, right. for, for, for exactly what Nick, Nick just said. But like he doesn't but know what mistake. to do with it. I mean, but, yes, it's it's <laughs> but it's a mistake. But it's a mistake. It's maybe it's, to it's, a degree I sympathize with him because like he's 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 taken on a role that like he's clearly somewhat interested in. But he's working with just bullshit material here. Yeah. Like he mm-hmm. can't like even if like, you know, in the situation, you know, it's like you want to be able to prove yourself. You, you can't you can't do it. He's kind of like fuck from the get go. It's like yeah, well, it's also a catastrophic piece of casting. <laughs> and apparently, M. Night wrote the movie with with Mark Wahlberg in, in mind? mind. Yes, which is crazy to me. <laughs> like I've never heard a crazier thing than that in my life. Because this how many is... people have said that? Like I started writing a script with Mark Wahlberg. In well, mind. I'm, like you can, you can definitely do that. But like, <laughs> what, what character? No, like, but you can write Dirk Diggler with Mark Wahlberg in mind. That, like, yeah, but you that's know? an exception to the rule, man. Like maybe he plays a football player in like what Invincible or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like fine. Right. Uh, like, I don't even really fully buy him as a criminal a lot of the time. No. I really don't. Like, like I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he's ever done in a way that was, like, that convincing to me. He always feels like Mark Wahlberg. Right. I do like him in The Departed, though. Sure, he's great in The he's Departed. He's really good in The Departed, yeah. That's, but that's kind of, like, a miracle, too. Like, that's yeah. clearly Scorsese knows how to handle guys like that, and M. Night just doesn't. M. Night just needs... And I do think it's kind of telling that Bruce Willis 
was his sort of muse for as long as he was. Like Bruce Willis, he made all of his best movies with Bruce Willis. And I do think there is a level with him that it's like, he's always just gonna, he's gonna hit the floor, you know, Willis, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's always just gonna show up and is not gonna put like an extra spin on the lines, is not gonna try to like get creative with it and go outside the box. Like, Willis is very is a very like calming force mm. for M. Night. And I feel like afterwards... He works with Will Smith. He works with Wahlberg. Um, you know, I kind of feel that way similarly about Anya Taylor-Joy in a way. Sure. And as being a calming force. Because yeah. what, you're, what you're saying, though, is like I think actors will sometimes read this dialogue and think it's, it's inviting of this level of like style. They want to make it their own. Yeah, let's really go for it if it's going to be this weird. But then you're actually doing it and you're like, oh, that's... That's tough. Right. That's a hard line to land. What yeah. am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that is about Bruce Willis that allowed him to do that. And, and, and it was Sam Jackson, too, for yeah, a lot of these yeah, movies. I, too. Another guy that's just like, I show up. I have my lines read. I'm just going to do it like Sam Jackson sure. does it. And I'm going to go think, home. I think in some ways they, they it's a job. They're not yeah. pretentious about it. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Right. So I think Wahlberg shows up and he's trying to put a spin on it because like this to him is the best material he's ever going to get, you know, or at least in his mind, that's. That's what it's going to be. But really, his character is just defined as uh, a guy that likes science, that does science experiments all the time. I guess it's not as bad as Leguizamo's characterization in this. But I guess, but Leguizamo's performance is tremendously better <laughs> for what it's That's worth. That's true. For He's what probably it's worth. the best performance in the movie. Is yeah. he? Yeah, he is. I, I think he actually I, is because everyone is astoundingly horrible. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's actually shocking. And at some point I wonder, like, can you actually even blame the actors if they're all bad? At no. some point you gotta be like somebody else fucked up here. Well, it's a choice. Is I mean, th- this is the thing you, you have to when when talking about um uh um uh, M. Night Shyamalan is that like these, these are all choices however I mean I don't believe I mean obviously he's never sure if it's ever going to work but he's not afraid to go for it which was very evident in his most recent film holy yes. shit yes. holy fucking shit yes. but uh yeah like I don't know what the motivation is getting into this let me let's make kind of a cheesy B movie with something to say in quotes I don't all right. know you ready for my theory it ready for my like thesis well, master- it does feel like they're trying to trying to go like climate change or something on this well, yeah, movie and, but- and it's it, you know I almost wonder if this was also one of his first times being like oh it's- I can uh, I can make that big uh, statement that big Hollywood statement and it's just well, not him it's important before you continue it is important to note that M. Night is not proud of this movie right yes he 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 is he is you know Come, no, I understand come that. I'm just said, wondering if, like, if, I, I fucked up and what I was going for probably didn't come through. I didn't make it clear enough when it was supposed to be funny, right. when it was supposed to be serious. Well, he was also serious. really feeling himself at yeah. this point in his career, too. Yeah. It's like, I can do no wrong. I'm on top of the world, and I'm, yeah. right. I'm getting, like, these big budgets. This was the first uh, movie, I think, that he left Miramax. Mm. Sixth Sense was with Miramax? Yeah. Uh, th- this was the first one that he did with another uh, production company, and... Uh, it was also his first R-rated movie. The big deal, I remember, in the market. That was a huge deal. Yeah. This is M. Night's first, and I think to this point, his only R-rated movie, right? Yeah, it's a little surprising, though. Split pushes it a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so. I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe maybe he had some pressure. He's like, well, I'm a big name guy now. I need to like make a statement with my movie. I need he's to also say something about the world. He's also desperate, too, as a director. Like He's clearly a guy that's like, I want people to like me. Yeah. And so it's like he's always chasing what he thinks people want out of him um, because he was, you know, ordained the next Spielberg. You know, he was he was given that mantle as like crowd pleaser. There, there you go. Journalist. Why don't we stop labeling people as the next Spielberg? Like, right. don't they ever really do should, that. because like, don't ever I, do that. <laughs> how many movies did Spielberg have to make before people were even like it's Spielberg one? Well, <laughs> he made one and it's called Jaws. <laughs> no, I think that like people no. were like, I, I think it took more than that before people just consider Spielberg synonymous with like the epitome of film. I mean, I think it, it's, it's happened over decades. Rare, it's I know, it's so happened over decades, thing. though. But, it's such but a Nick, rare like, thing. Like, like you could argue, OK, Duel, but that's a TV movie. And then you have Sugarland Express, which is like his indie film, but literally like it's Jaws and then it's. My, my point, Adam, is that it takes it, it takes decades of consistency and success. Yeah, that's to true. be Spielberg. So yes. putting that mantle on on M Night Shyamalan's shoulders when he's yes. this young director is not fair. He's made like one or two movies, and people are calling him this. 
Yeah. It's but they weren't fair. as good as what Spielberg. Like, I really like uh, yeah, M. Night's sure. first couple movies, but they're nowhere near as good as what Spielberg was. Certainly yeah, on, top, near as on top of it being I mean, false. It's, 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 yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a very, it's well, not, it's a false equivalent. No, I don't, I don't think it was ever an art. It had something to do with quality, but I think it was it was more like this guy knows exactly where to put the camera. Yeah, there was a there was a like craftsmanship and a and a technical efficiency to it, and also the types of material he was working with. He was making genre movies. He made a superhero movie and he made it like a, yeah, a horror true, movie. Yeah. So I think that was more what it was. It wasn't necessarily like, you know, there were no auteurs in between no. Spielberg and 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 Shyamalan. It's just that. In terms of their career arc and the types of material they do, he's the closest approximation. Mm-hmm. That's all. Because um, also you're coming off of the 90s wave, which is very independent. Yeah. And, like you're not getting a lot of movies like this. I just don't think anybody can make that argument in a serious way today. <laughs> looking, oh, no. looking at their career now. And it's like, <laughs> no, what? but I, 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 I think, again, I, I've said this because I really liked old and I've actually liked the last couple of night movies. Like. I do think he settled in nicely to the sort of scrappy Roger Corman guy, which who's is like fine, working yeah. with shoestring budgets and making <clears throat> weird genre movies. Like, I think that's cool. Um, yeah. But it's just not he Spielberg. Had, he had to go <laughs> no. through it. Yeah, I mean, like he had to go through it before he got here. Yeah, yeah that's the other. I do think the comparison's weird just because of the types, even though like there's some uh, tenderness to some of what um, um Shyamalan does earlier on. I, I do think there's tenderness to all of it. No, yeah, but there's I, tenderness in all of his movies. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that, like, like even though they're genre pieces, they're still very different than anything Spielberg would do, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So, it, sure. It, listen, it was a bad comparison. Not yeah. wise. Who would you compare him to? Uh, no one now. he's, yeah, he's one in a million now. <laughs> By the way, Nick, like even though like I don't think old is a particularly good movie, you should see it because it's entertaining as fuck. It's it's <laughs> awesome. Okay, so here's my here's my thesis. All right, yeah, let's hear your 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 thing. So we've talked many times in the past about how we don't ironically enjoy movies. Uh and that's sort of been one of the mantras of this show is like there's no such thing as it's so bad it's good. Like I, I don't believe personally that like film quality is cyclical in that way. I don't think like you can go so far over the cliff that you end up being good, you know? And we also don't watch movies like, you know, just us personally, the three of us, we don't go to like midnight movies and like make fun of things. It's either we genuinely are entertained by them or we're not. And this movie, according to M. Night Shyamalan, a week before it came out, was supposed to be the best B movie ever made. And he said that. It's like, we're making a B movie here. Now, whether or not you believe that that was the intention in the first place is fine. I'll just, I will take him at his word. I'll take him at face value and say he meant to make something in the vein of the blob or like a forties and fifties disaster B movie. Mm-hmm. He said it. He said that before it came out though. He said that like a week before it came out. He didn't say it during production. He didn't say, you know, he said because it. They probably test the movie just <laughs> as the reviews were coming out. Is when yeah, he said exactly. It. And he said okay. it sort of defensively. Like, listen, we're making a B movie here. Right. And maybe his mind has changed a little bit, but I, I, I personally hate the idea that you set out to make a bad movie on purpose. I find that to be kind of a waste of time. And I also find it to be this weird paradox where it's like you set out to make a bad movie and you succeed in your mission to make a bad movie. So therefore, it's a good movie. But if it's a good movie, then is it actually a bad movie in the first place? And you have this weird paradox where we're going back and forth. (laughs) When bad is good and good is bad, it's like, what exactly are we supposed to make of this thing? You've defended movies that do that in the past. Like what? The Matrix Resurrections. No, I don't think. No, I'm not sure that's true. It's a joke of a movie. It's trying to be a joke. No, I don't think. No, I think that's setting. That's a spot. For something, no, you don't think so. No, Nico. you don't think the latest Matrix movie is. Aspiring I'm sick of for this. Something? No, I'm sick of this opinion. I, it's a fucking joke. I've only seen the first 45 minutes of it. Uh, <laughs> it's a joke. It's but a I saw big... enough. I saw enough to agree with Adam on this one. I could hardly view it as a movie. It's really? a fucking joke, man. Really? Yes. I didn't the like that, the movie. The fact, right? that, <laughs> the fact that Warner Brothers keeps casting themselves as the villains of their own movie, I don't yes. like it. It's it's. I mean, to me, Matrix uh, Resurrection is. Just as serious as Space Jam 2, <laughs> which yeah. is to say not at all. Yeah, there we go. Okay, maybe I'm just too stupid to it's get it. It's a cash But cow. I watched it, I, again, with my limited intelligence, and I was like, this seems <laughs> serious to me. But fair enough. If you disagree, that's fine, I guess. I, I, I'm just like, in general, I, I 
this paradox has always been sort of a tricky thing to figure out. It's frustrating. When you're setting out to make a bad movie and you have a wink and a nod and you're being clever about it, then you're actually making a good movie. So therefore it can't be bad. And it's like, right. Here's what M. Night does (laughs) that I personally have never seen before in a movie like this. He fails at making the bad movie (laughs) because (laughs) he lacks any wit, any irony, any self-awareness and any sense of humor. He sets out to make the bad movie and makes a movie that's even worse. Yes. So there is an effortlessness. And well, we talk about this... effortlessness a lot. Right? <laughs> we talk about the best directors are the ones that make it look easy. The best directors are the ones that, like, Sam Raimi is putting a fucking camera on, like, a dolly and, like, and, and pushing it down a staircase. Mm-hmm. Like, but there's an effortlessness to it. There's, like, he's not even trying. M. Night is the complete inverse of that. Yep. He is so effortless in how bad this thing. Like, it is effortlessly bad in a way that is very refreshing. So he kind of breaks this paradox because, like, he did an episode of Norm McDonald's talk show. Rest in peace to the great Norm McDonald. But he had, remember Norm did that, that he like, did Netflix one of those show? live shows? Yeah, it, it, it wasn't, the, it was, it was the, when the spin, when the podcast became a talk show on Netflix, M. Night was one of the guests. So it was like a slightly more expensive, polished version of of that podcast. And, you know, at the end of the show, like M. Night reads the jokes. jokes? Right. Because that's what they do. Like Norm writes very specific, inappropriate jokes for the guests to read. And (laughs) he gives them the cards and he like embarrasses them. Because the thing about Norm is that the delivery is so specific and like it's all about tone, intonation, how you do it. And yeah, it's like no guest can ever tell a Norm Macdonald joke perfectly. So you give M. Night this stack and it's this very interesting experiment. And like, you know, what comedy is? Where do laughs come from? How does Norm Macdonald, you know, uh, uh, get laughs out of you? And M. Night is reading it and it's like, there's no wink. There's no like this man is incapable of telling a fucking knock knock joke. Like this guy can't do chicken cross the road. And like I don't know like he makes good movies but there's no humor no self-awareness no intentionality to any of the laughs in these movies and I do think that is a special kind of asshole to be able to do that you know what I mean like it takes a special kind of guy to be that effortlessly unfunny and unironic and bad so this is the first movie where it's like it sets out to be bad and and it is bad beyond how the director could have even drew drew it up Mm -hmm. so it is the most successful in my opinion bad for the sake of being bad movie ever made so therefore we might have broken the paradox maybe it's pretty good by that standard you know Maybe it's it's Are you finally doing the zero, the zero times here. zero equals zero kind yeah, of Yeah, kind of. I don't know about that. Kind of. You know what I'm saying? It's the first uh, zero to achieve one, this rather, goal yeah. for me. I think I, that you have broken yourself. I yes, think yes, you've gone a little too. <laughs> no, I don't think it's fine. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with just calling it ironically enjoyable because that's kind of what it is. Tech, isn't it? For what you just said? I don't know. Yeah, but he set out to do it and he didn't even do that right. Yeah, so it's you know, still like, bad. But it's very, it's strange though. Yeah, <laughs> it's very like when you aspire to something so terrible and you end but up it's even not lower. That terrible. This it's is, really no, 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 no. Bad, no I mean, beam what he's striving for, like the goal of making the blob, making the original fly. Well, that's a good point. That's too, yeah. they're not this bad. Like right. you, it, they're also again, not really. They're not really bad. No, you're, it's like the, they're Prana, not bad at all. I, I fucking like, enjoy even Prana, say they're not guys. This bad. It's like they're a fun bad. Yeah. Like it's it's also being very cynical towards movies like that and thinking like this type of stuff is lower than what I would normally aspire right. to. So let's have fun. But they're not that bad, bro. They're really not. Yeah. Give them a I little bit more credit. Aren't, but, but here's the thing. They're well-made the movies on like a budget and with limited like technological ability, I guess. But right? this movie actually proves my point in that those movies do have more going for them because look what happens mm-hmm. when you try to do it and you don't know what you're doing and it's like right. oh sure. my god it's this is lot, so much yeah, this is harder. so much worse it, it, yeah, Holy easier shit. said than done yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it's like that fucking asshole that tried to make Manos you remember that shit right. oh like anyone could make a horror movie yeah. yeah why don't you try it <laughs> right 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 yeah it's um yeah it's just bad man I mean it's an it's, interesting artifact it really and, is and I'm actually. It's it's very interesting to see a film that can take a bunch of actors and make them all horrible and unbelievable. Can we talk about Deschanel for a second? Because Wahlberg, yeah, yeah, Wahlberg is really bad. Is is 
deservedly getting the you know the worst of it here but goodness gracious i mean well i, I gotta imagine Chanel like is less quirky in elf do you like her elf character is more grounded i mean it's really well fucking because bad. because the only really traits they give us of her is that she is personal and private and doesn't like to show emotion can you yeah. think of a worst character to cast someone <laughs> as as an actor to yeah. not show emotion well, I kind of do feel that way about Zero Deschanel. I'm not a big Deschanel. I, I like her in like, I like her, I guess I like her in Elf and I like her a lot in 500 Days of Summer. You can kind of like her in some of those, yeah, indie movies. No, but she's like, poorly cast because she and is she's supposed pretty to good be in sort New of, Girl. I mean, I, I yeah, don't know. Like, I think New Girl no, nails the tone in that way. Yeah, right. Exactly. She's supposed to be an upbeat, kind of quirky character. Manic Pixie Dream and Girl. Yeah. In yeah. this, they're trying to make her this like quiet sort of emotionless and it's just not who she yeah, but, is but she's but she plays it up though in some of those fucking scenes like the scenes where like right. the first shot of her is like she she's on the phone with like a co-worker that she went on one date with like it was she didn't even have an affair like she just like went to <laughs> i get ate tiramisu with, with you that's I it. Ate tiramisu. <laughs> and like she throws the phone the way she throws the phone mm. on the coffee table and that like settle it the fuck down zoe or when they have to fight in the train station and she's like i'm gonna go sit Separate from you guys now. Well, I feel that way about almost every element of this movie, even like the supporting roles that have really nothing to do. And the best example that came to mind when I was rewatching clips from the movie and I saw the scene where the construction workers are falling off the roof, yeah. which is, I guess, the best scene in the movie. Yeah, I was. That, that's I, actually I the standout How, scene. However, to me. however, <laughs> the the guy they focus on and the way his he he chooses to to play it up. Yeah. Is so wrong to me. Like I, I can't, I can't even comprehend why they thought it was going to be a good choice. I don't view. First of all, when the guy f- falls down and you see this mangled, in- indiscernible corpse, David. Yeah. <laughs> Another one, Frank from Fifty Feet Away. I can just tell who you are, even though your fucking skull is in your ass. Like, <laughs> no, it should just it's be. Just, what the fuck is happening? Exactly. Ah! And then he's like, just bawling his eyes out. Like, I don't view a construction worker that just hired this guy for a week. To be crying his eyes out over this guy that he doesn't even like. It's just so uh, weird. Would be better if it's like, this is why we don't hire temps. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just, better not to walk on the beams. That's a good like B movie line. <laughs> this is why we don't hire temps. <laughs> They're always killing themselves. <laughs> it's just really uh, bizarre. It's really weird. All the choices are I don't I can't I can't even describe no, it. No, it's it's like every choice is actually wrong. Without, Dear without, God, what kind of terrorists are these? <laughs> who's, who's, the whole idea that this is terrorism is also fucking stupid. I know it's not actually what it's supposed to be, but it's just... Oh no, the, the toxin? <laughs> Cheese and crackers. <laughs> that, actually, I love that. I actually love that character. That character. <laughs> the one soldier who somehow is still alive. Jeremy Strong! I so, loved him. Uh... Wow. Okay. Weird. Now you guys don't watch Succession. He's delivering the best television performance in the last ten years on Succession currently. So like, it's very weird to watch him and Alan Ruck, who plays the principal, That's right? Yeah. In this movie for like two minutes, Cameron from fucking Ferris Bueller gets two uh, yes, lines of dialogue yes. in this. I you saw him. I was like, ah. Yeah. Maybe it was Cameron. Maybe it was actually Cameron. Yeah, Maybe that's what happened. Could have been Cameron. That's what happened to Cameron. <laughs> but the two of them are now both on Succession, and they're giving like career-defining performances. And then I watch them in this nonsense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is crazy. It is crazy whiplash. Yeah, Jeremy Strong in this playing like just the paranoid soldier. I think it's coming from that way. <laughs> I actually really liked him though. I thought it really worked. He's an unbelievable actor. There is a a New Yorker article that came out last year that I highly recommend you guys read about his method. He, like, in the 90s became Daniel Day-Lewis's intern because he wanted to learn acting from the best. He wanted to learn acting. And, uh, yeah, he is just an absolute fucking lunatic. He just built houses with Daniel Day-Lewis and, you know, on the set of Last of the Mohicans. Uh, it, it was oh. it was great. So he's like a crazed fan, <laughs> crazy guy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, watching him wow. in this shit, just like bumbling around. Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, it, it, and also the chemistry between mm-hmm. Wahlberg and Deschanel. It what, is, what even is it? it? It is the worst on-screen couple I've ever seen, definitively. It's fascinating to watch. It is fascinating. Like th- this is the thing. It's though. two people. It's like, how did you make it past the first date? It, <laughs> You know, can can I well, also can I, like the, the tension 
Okay, like, I know, maybe this is, again, maybe he was actually going for this, but the tension of I had tiramisu with a co-worker, and I uh, met a retail <laughs> cashier who I thought was hot. I didn't that's even need the guilt. cough syrup. I didn't even need <laughs> the cough That's their relationship gu- are you, guilt. Are, are you lying? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Can we... Is what, it, I didn't, it, what is it, unnecessary cough syrup? Is that what the line was? There's unnecessary... <laughs> yeah, he's like, I didn't even have a cough. I just bought the cough syrup it's just so, so I could weird. talk to her. It's like, what the, the way is, countless scenes like this in this movie. Man, the way Wahlberg's framed in that in that scene, too. Dude, like, the way the whole movie's fucking framed, is, dude, it's so you, you know what I think's the worst sin, though? I, in my opinion, the most offensive, annoying thing was how fucking loud the wind was every opportunity. <laughs> gotta run from it. Yeah, gotta run. It's gotta, it's gotta be intimidating. I actually think it would have been better if the wind was loud towards the beginning of the movie, and once we're supposed to start paying attention to it, it was just silent. (laughs) Could you imagine the happening, and they're running from the wind, and they're just running from tornadoes, and they're like, it's the plants! The plants are sucking us (laughs) up and killing us! Thank you, God. (laughs) Get that clip, get that clip. Uh, uh, Come on, come on, come on! You must have the clip! The finger of God. There we go. There's yeah. a good B movie, by the way. Yeah, Fuck yeah. Do Great it like Twister. Movie. Do it like Twister. Yeah, it's it's just every choice is just so strange. We're just watching these these two people that, I mean, again, have the chemistry of oil and water on screen, just running from nonsense. And there's no, you're right. There's no like exploration of like how society unravels. Like that was what made the mist so good yeah. is that the mist there was first of all there was a mystery and there was a tension to what's on the other side of the Great. of the fog that's one thing and which this movie has none of it just tells you everything that's happening in the first 10 minutes yep. like people are just killing themselves because of the plants and also there was you know a human element like it showed you how humanity unraveled and again with the exception of that scene where the two kids get blown to shreds <laughs> uh with the exception of you know i guess some of the the seeds were like, you know, there's a there's a, a group of people and like two people talking at the top of their lungs. You know, everybody's like bouncing plot points off mm. of each other. Everyone's just like, you know, ping ponging like it's an episode of The Simpsons and there's an angry mob where the yeah. whole town is gathered together. Like with the exception of that, there's not really much commentary at all there's nothing no it's just people are bad like like the mist is an allegory for those things an allegory for like the 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 you know degradation of humanity to a degree Mm. you know when they're forced into into something so horrible when they have to act that way whereas like this is just people are bad yeah people are bad and we deserve to die and uh okay (laughs) great bro (laughs) that's a lot of fun Uh, (laughs) i i feel like we haven't talked enough about john leguizamo's Math. His math. <laughs> Did you have a problem with his math? So, so, so Mark Wahlberg <laughs> is a science teacher. He's really afraid about the honeybees. And honeybees are disappearing. He's a horrible science teacher, by the way. Yeah, obviously. Like, he's and then uh, John Leguizamo is his coworker, who is a math teacher, which is also unbelievable. You know, anytime anybody's stressed out, I just, I, I just recite a couple math problems. I recite a couple statistics that calms people down. <laughs> You ever tried it? Has a st- have you ever been calmed down by yeah. any statistic? No! Yeah. <laughs> they only like, make me go crazy! Yep. Right, they stress me out. Of course! <laughs> people love maniac? numbers. Numbers calm people down. What are you talking about? <laughs> I love that as his one defining character beat, though, is that he's really into math. Yeah. He just recites math problems. That is really stupid the more you think about it, too. Numbers called people down. We could take a look at Nico's bank account in Vegas. And exactly. I, I'm sure it would. No number has ever calmed me down. <laughs> ever. It would not be good. Ever. Uh, uh, yeah. That fucking math problem. If I gave you a penny, and the next day I give you two pennies, the next day I give you four pennies, and every day I doubled it, what would you have after a month? <laughs> Twenty dollars. That's not no, a more, more, more. <laughs> it's a terrible scene. It's a horrible scene. I mean, the dialogue's really bad. But like when when uh, John Leguizamo looks up at the roof of this like this this truck, and there's like a a leather uh, you know cover, oh, just a little slit. hole in the roof. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the the toxin comes through. Eh, that's not bad. 
It's all right. But the math problem was just very distracting. <laughs> I, I will admit that when they're driving and they're like, you know, we're, we're driving into this area that we know could be dangerous. And then all of a sudden they just see like 40 people hanging from trees yeah, and shit. That's pretty that cool. was actually yeah. pretty like, whoa. <laughs> and it was also the one scene where the suicide was like thrilling and not just like really bad CGI, you know, because yeah. there was a lot. I mean, the guy who lays down in front of the lawnmower is just oh, like, that's, okay. that's a like, I wish they showed it, but it's like a great moment. Yeah. I remember in the trailer <sighs> that freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fucking M. Night, this R rating. He should not be working with R ratings. I mean, it's, that that's part of it. If this was PG-13 and he had to sort of figure out how to show these acts of violence without actually showing them. I, I think it would be better. It wouldn't be a good movie, but it would definitely be better like if I, I, more I really things were shot in obscured fashion, you know? Like I really don't though. think that's the problem with the movie. I really no. don't. If if all There's of the problems. deaths if all of the deaths were left exactly how they were, but there was just better writing, that would yeah. make this miles and miles better. But even like some of the CGI, like even when the guy goes under the lawnmower, like the CGI looks really yeah, shitty. The it's, blood looks super fake. It's very of that era, though. I mean, there's a lot of movies like that that have that really like Huey, like like misty looking blood that doesn't actually look the way it should. It's yeah. I don't know what that is. Well, but it's bad. I, I have the incriminating tape. It's the moment where M Night tries to do signs again. Where M. Night, uh, there's the video circulating of the guy at the zoo getting his arms bit off by the bear. And it's funny. Oh, my God. And it's, it's like this, so it's dumb. This, you know, yeah, it's this it's handheld so photography or whatever, and someone's watching it on their phone. It's the exact same scene that of Joaquin Phoenix in Signs mm. watching the, the alien on TV. Yeah. And that's one of the most terrifying things of the last 20 years. And here he does the exact same methodology, except there's a little more blood and it's not as artfully done. And it's just like this really silly thing where a guy. You laugh at it. Yeah, you literally laugh. Getting yeah. His arms that one's by, silly. The, I think the lines. lawnmower one is OK. I actually think most of the deaths in this are not like offensive or horribly bad. They're, they're yep. fine. They're just fine. But that one in particular is so silly. Guys, you remember the movie Bird Box? It's the same movie. It's the same movie. Same movie. And there was an in, there was a moment in that movie where I, I recognized, oh my God, this is just the happening. It's when all the people start killing themselves at him. That's, yeah. that's when I realized it. And <laughs> I was, well, well, no, but I mean, for a number of reasons. Also the fact that the wind sometimes plays a character. Oh, that's right. There is some wind. I think there was that. But it's also just the fact that I was like, oh, wow, mass suicide in film. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny isn't it <laughs> it's a little <laughs> it's a little you know what the problem is though too it's like it's filmed sort of agnostically a lot of them yeah like the lawnmower one is a great example of this where the camera just stays still and it's just like you just watch this happen and there's no like for me when i'm seeing that if i see that happen as soon as the lawnmower starts to go over the guy i'm looking away the camera should cut mm. but it doesn't it just kind of agnostically films it, and it 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 it's it almost becomes funny the longer you look at it. It's doesn't it cut things. away like at, at a certain point? It doesn't film the whole. It does r- running. No, over. it does. It does cut away, but like yeah. not. It doesn't. It doesn't react the same way a person would. No. Yeah, that's very. Yeah, you, at a certain and, point, and kinda... and so it becomes kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it doesn't. Work. It really yeah. does. I mean, it, and I think that is part of why like the the mass suicides in movies actually seems kind of funny because. There's no the the camera's agnostic. It just doesn't care. Yeah, but even in, even in Bird Box too, there are instances in that one too where it's not quite as agnostic, and you just cut to a shot of them watching this woman bang her face into a, a glass windshield or something. Yeah, and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it true. shouldn't That's be hilarious, too, yeah. but it kind of is. This is but something right, that though. I think the Saw films actually are much more artful with. Strangely, right? <laughs> because <laughs> no, but they actually know the camera is not agnostic at all well because in those the, movies to, yeah and you're making a great i mean point the camera here, the I camera mean, is sadistic in those movies it's a little yeah. different but it's not agnostic and that that does matter well there's a there's a great uh, example of this in in the first movie where uh carrie elways is um chopping his leg off or sawing his leg off and they don't show it at all it's just sound mm-hmm. design and the guy's performance and it's really effective it's yes. one of the most horrible things you've ever seen and you don't see any of it yeah so, stuff. I, yeah. you know, yeah, it's uh, cardinal sins all around. By, by <laughs> the way, sh- Saw movies, not bad movies. I'm just going to put that out there. The first I like the first one, but that's about I it. mean, Did you see yeah, the there's like one nine one? of them and they obviously they get kind of shitty after yeah, a while. Exactly. But like I'm saying in general, not right. bad. 
Did you see the recent Chris Rock? I did not. No, I didn't. Apparently, it's it's directed by the guy that made Repo the Genetic Opera. So is that right? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Are we what sure that um uh, oh Jig- uh, spiral spiral yeah. spiral from the Book of Saw? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, okay. They haven't seen that one. Jigsaw is played by Will Smith in that one. Oh, fun fact. I do find it kind of funny that Chris Rock was the zebra and Jada Pinkett Smith was the hippopotamus in the Mad Is that right? movies. I didn't know that. I had totally forgotten about that. I didn't realize that at all. <laughs> Gloria? Yeah. She played Gloria? That's Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> I like the, the, the Madagascar movies. Oh, I like them even Do more you? now. I guess, yeah. Knowing that there was some fucking going That's on behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. A zebra and a hippo. Oh man! Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, are, are we sure Shyamalan's not an alien? Because this is the most like it was directed by an alien movie next to the room. Seriously, yeah. Because it's bizarre. Like I, I, we keep coming back to this. We, we're having trouble describing like why they made the choices they did and why it was pushed in this very bizarre direction. I can't really think of how you can do that. Oh, yeah. I can. I can. Yeah. You have uh, so much money, and you're so up your own ass. You don't realize it's bad. Yeah, yeah. You, you just, just every know. you you, you, you film a scene and you go good enough. Next one, like mm-hmm. that's really what it is. This is where I will strangely be a proponent of digital filmmaking as opposed to film filmmaking. I don't know if this was shot on film or digitally, but on at least digitally, you can see your mistakes and you have time to play it back in, in a much more like real time fashion. So yeah. that maybe you'd be like, oh, ooh. I don't think there was any change in that it here. Bad. I don't know. I mean, you're- <laughs> I don't know. I'm just coming up with stuff. Yeah. As a director, you should be able to see that in real time. <laughs> yeah. You should be able to be like, you oh, this sucks. Know. Especially like, with those two leads, man. I mean, it's just. <laughs> You got to recast these guys day two. Yeah. I and mean, you have to get them out of here. They are so catastrophically bad in this. I mean, here's how you fix it. Deschanel is the science teacher who's trying to solve problems. And Mark Wahlberg is the needy boyfriend. Mm. On a bicycle. On a bicycle. <laughs> I there mean, a motorbike. <laughs> I fixed the movie for you. No, actually, no, I take it back. John Leguizamo is the science teacher. And Mark Wahlberg is the needy boyfriend. And they're gay. They're gay. <laughs> And Zoe Deschanel is their math teacher best friend who was a surrogate mother and has a baby Ooh. with no husband. Can we turn this into a gay allegory? <laughs> is that what we're going to do? Quick, science experiment, science experiment. Hypothesis. Okay, all right, split them into two control groups. There are people dying over there. <laughs> Shut up. I'm trying to science over here. It's wild. So oh Edition, I was like, we can't I, be those they assholes had, that leave those oh, people behind. They should have done that meme. They should have had like all the math figures like floating around his head as yeah, he's thinking. It, right? <laughs> he's going into science mode. What? What's it's the Jimmy worst? Neutron play, brain blast? <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Oh, it was a brain great. blast. That's great. <laughs> What's the worst line delivery in this in this movie? Zoe Deschanel, oh. where she's like, "It makes you kill yourself," as if there were no more evil that could be invented. Like <laughs> that's pretty. Bad. That's really bad. God, I don't know. You like hot dogs? It's pretty good. Yeah, I I, I think. <laughs> I, yeah, the, I do the like. He's like, "You probably. like hot dogs, right?" And she just smiles and shakes her head no. <laughs> it's like what the fuck. <laughs> But like again, do another take. Like it's a t- you got the mustard, there's no, right? There's no way of making it work. What am I talking about? There's no, come on, there's, there's no, no there's way of making it work. This. There's no fixing this. It's the worst fucking script of all time. It's the worst performances. It's, no, it needs to complete. So it needs to complete rewrite, complete recasting. I mean, just take the core concept and rebuild it from the ground up. Yeah, I think we just don't make the movie. <laughs> like just yeah. change, do the movie, but do everything differently. How about that? Okay, make Bird Box and you're done, actually. that's I mean, You could just go watch Bird Box, like you said. But that's a piece of shit as well. That's not it's, a good movie. It's better, it's better than, than this, this, right? I guess. I guess. I that guess. is not a good movie. <laughs> that's not a good movie. Bird Box blows. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Uh, maybe this concept just doesn't work. I don't know. Let's give it another try, guys. One more try? You, you, the three of us? Yeah, Mass Suicide the movie. Let's Mass get it going. Mass Suicide let's the go. movie? Yeah, come on. Let's get it going. Maybe, maybe that's the problem. Mass is suicide the beating around the bush. Series? Pun intended. Mm. Beating around the bush. Uh, we need to just like <laughs> lean into it and just say like Mass Suicide the movie. That's the title. Not the working title. That's the final title. Oh my God. <laughs> so do they ever say like why this 
thing stops happening. Why the happening no longer happens. I think it was watching Zoe and Mark. And it was like, <laughs> it's like, there it is. Two people with no chemistry. <laughs> Nature's like, all right, I'm gonna stay out of this one. And then you know who fucks up it up? This beautiful family. You know who fucks it up, Nico? Who? The French. The French. The, yeah. Then the, the French show up French. at the end. Yeah. It's very weird. I'm surprised it didn't start in Paris. Like I know New York's kind of a shithole, but like, he's got a good point. Why did it all start in parks? <laughs> Why did it start in New York and then go to Philadelphia? I don't. Should have gone New York, Paris, Vegas. M- like if you're gonna take out the. M. Night loves Philly, man. The Philly is the center of the universe as far as M. Night Shyamalan. Is, is it really? It is. Yeah, all of his is movies it? take place in Philly. That's so funny. Yeah. Signs even takes place in Philly. Signs does not take place in Philly. <laughs> the village is Philadelphia. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically all I had for that. Yeah, acts of nature can't be understood, <laughs> but the cure is love. Okay. Oh, we didn't talk about Mrs. Jones really at all. What an off-the-wall performance that lady was with her creepy-ass doll. Oh, the, is that the old lady? Yes. You're going to kill me in your my sleep and steal my thing. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't even say it like that. It's like way more muted and even more strange. It's like planning on stealing something. She's no, weird man, because it's like she... <laughs> She's being she's being polite to them in the most backhanded way. Like, suppose the polite thing for me to do is feed you. Not that I yeah, want that's to. Right, that's right. Don't touch I, things that aren't yours. And then hands her a cookie anyways, even though she like she was reaching for a cookie. But even she is better in subsequent Shyamalan films. Yeah, she's, she's in yeah, yeah, Split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's pretty good in Split. Yeah. And I just don't. She's been in a lot of Shyamalan movies. I don't, I don't, I don't get think it. she's that bad in this. She's not. Again, she's. <laughs> I don't know. No, like, the, like the movie is bad and the writing is bad, but I don't think she is bad. I think she's playing exactly what she was told to play. I guess so. I guess you know. I, guess so. I just think the decisions were bad. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, man. This movie was uh, was I guess M Night's second major bomb. Lady in the Water did come before this. Keep that in mind. And Lady in the Water was not well received, but not but nearly this, as bad as this. Though. I think this is his worst movie, definitively. Right. What about the last Airbender? Well, we'll get it's to a, it's it. It's almost a different. It's almost a different category. Yeah, that one well, feels I, sort of uniquely. It's been a while since I've seen Last Airbender. I I have been told like like m- most people like consider that like definitively one of the worst. Like you go on. It's, the funny thing is you go on. This is no metric to judge anything by, but just for curiosity's sake, you go on Wikipedia. Like the 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 title. Consider the worst movie ever made. It does not come up with The Happening. It and, does come up with The Last Airbender. And there is a section of The Happening's Wikipedia page that says, like, reclamation as a B-movie. Yep, like, exactly. There's a whole section exactly. that's devoted yeah. to, yeah, this is everyone that tried to make the argument that it's pretty good. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I still think it's his worst, though. You think so? I do. I, I think, like, it's just a unique kind of bad. I mean, again, I haven't seen Last Airbender since it came out. Why so. don't we hold what you just said? Right. <laughs> and see what happens when you rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's weird because it's like a it's a really bad adaptation, but it's not his own material. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that makes it worse or not. You know, to it's always tough. Show. Yeah, it's, I'd like you to watch a couple episodes. We're gonna do it next week, right? Last year, I think. Uh, I I I'm I hope I can record next week. It is Easter oh, right. weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. right. Uh, <clears throat> so I may not actually be able to join. Worst case. Okay, so we may need to figure out something else. Yeah. Okay. Well, regardless. I, last I, I will, will either not be able to join or I will be there in person. One or the other. Right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we'll see then. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, the last, we're going to do Last Airbender with you on the show. Um, so yeah, sometime soon. I guess we could maybe do old again i don't know i'd love for nick to see it he because I, I i i don't know i don't know what he'd come out thinking of that one it's insane nick like it is like really bonkers I, I'm, and i'm down to i'm down to Shyamalan. there's a you lot know? of just like why did you even <laughs> think to make that choice i i see nick watching the film and commenting on the cinematography in a way that nick probably hasn't commented on cinematography ever before in a movie <laughs> Hey. By the way, Roger Ebert. Did he like this movie? Three stars for the <laughs> happening. 
Oh, no. I'll read an excerpt. Oh, no. He found it, quote, oddly touching. It is no doubt too thoughtful for the summer action season, but I appreciate the quietly realistic way Shyamalan finds to tell a story about the possible death of man. (sighs) He goes on. Oh, God. Roger Ebert said this in 2008. Too uneventful for you? Not enough action? For me, Shyamalan's approach is more effective than smash-and-grab plot-mongering. His use of the landscape is disturbingly effective. The performances of Wahlberg and Deschanel bring a quiet dignity to their characters. <laughs> the strangeness of starting, the same movie? of starting a, a day in New York and ending it by hiking across a country field is underlined. Most of the other people we meet, not all, are muted and introspective. Had they been half expecting some such event as this? <laughs> what? Oh, no. <laughs> Raj. He got a little in his head on that one. The happening. A little bit. Just he little. liked the happening. Stephen King loved it. Stephen King likes a lot of bullshit. Yeah, man. Stephen King's an asshole. Yeah. yeah. He does a lot of drugs. Does yeah. a lot of drugs. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is a piece of shit. Worst movie ever made. <laughs> Not the worst movie I, ever I, I, I mean, but that, okay, but we also talk about this too. Like, what's worse? The movie where like, you look at it and like, yeah, it's, of course it's a piece of shit. Or the one that's made by someone like Shyamalan. Yeah, I think this is special. That, for all the reasons that I just yeah. outlined, I think that this is a special kind of bad. It is, that, yeah. Like, yeah, I uh, you guess know, the home video I made at eight years old in my bedroom <laughs> is technically worse than the happening. But you have to look at it in context. Yep. You know, but like one thing, one movie I wanted to mention in this conversation, I forgot actually was um, uh, uh, Rubber, Quentin Depew. Yes. Right. In in a way that like you can make a silly B movie that is actually like very intelligent and good. Yeah. The movie has ideas. It has a point of view. It has craft. But that's not Shyamalan's style. I also don't think Quentin Depew could make a movie like The Sixth Sense. No, certainly probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, there's an so, earnestness to everything that M. Night does, mm-hmm. which is which is what I love about him. I think, like, I love that he's a fucking cornball and a sap. Yeah. I really do. Like, he took a movie in The Sixth Sense that would have been, like, a pretty good ghost horror movie and made it, like, this very touching family film in a lot of ways. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much heart and soul in that movie. Uh, and same with The Unbreakable and Glass and Split. Like, there's a lot of heart in those you know, pretty surface level superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So was he not right for this material? I don't know. I would say not. Yeah. But M. Night has figured it around. Again, he's the one that got the last laugh. I guess so. Yeah. You're he's, very... still, he's still young and he'll probably make a shit he's ton of movies. He's still young, right? Like yeah. he made Sixth Sense in 99, you know? That's so I, I think that like this failure was probably a good thing for him. The next three failures though. That's yes. the thing. Sure, all of them, yeah. He needs these movies in a way, yes. They snowballed into Cause each Because I, I love Split. I really love Split. And yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about Glass. I really should watch it. So. Yeah, you should watch Glass. Yeah. Old is... <laughs> it's just... It's old. That's all. It's, it's old. old. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's play a game real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Wahlberg? Yeah, I think Wahlberg is the way to go. All right. We got to tally up his movies and his burgers. Yeah, I've actually, I've, 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 I've bought a Wahlburger before. Is it any good? Uh, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. Did you get them prepackaged or did you go to a Wahlburgers? I I got them delivered. Ah. There's a Wahlburgers near me. Cool. You got to have them right off the grill, dude, though. Come on. Is that what they say? That's what they (laughs) Fresh off the (laughs) grill. That's what Donnie and Mark say every time. Right off the grill. Uh, yeah, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> a man that is not young by any stretch of the imagination, despite his chiseled physique, is still mm-hmm. one of the best bodies in the biz. Mm-hmm. But uh, underwear model to actor to burger uh, <laughs> connoisseur, right? Sir, burger the rapper too. He was a Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'm putting He's him at a hundred million. Storied Drew, career. Drew Carey is worth. Uh, $50,000 how <laughs> much is changes every week Mark Wahlberg God. now he's worth what happened to, <laughs> what, know, what happened to it it's some risky investments <laughs> <laughs> a lot of debts there <laughs> Drew Carey 
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll actually say more than that. Let's go 200 million. Let's yeah. give Marky Mark some credit here. Yeah, it could be. Founding member of Wahlburgers, for <laughs> Christ's sake. Oh, shit. You should try a Wahlburger, Nico. That's your next goal. Try a Wahlburger. My question is, do I, in this, for the sake of keeping this interesting, do I go higher? Uh, ooh. Or do I go solo? <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's that low, and I also don't think it's that high. I feel like you guys have kind of boxed in the price, though. A little bit, yeah. Uh, mm. you could go over two hundred, I think, but not. You, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put them at three hundred million. All right, I'll try to win it. I'm gonna say one sixty-five. Oh God! A lot of different answers I'm getting here. Oh. oh. Uh okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> the actual net worth quote According unquote, to this one source. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll stick with celebritynetworth.com. Don't know why, but that's been the when in doubt default. Yeah. <laughs> how do they know the celebrity net worth by the way? They don't. They're do, guessing. They just ask like what how much money do you They're have? They're guessing. <laughs> I'm Adam, even if you ask somebody how much are you worth, most people could not tell you. Right. <laughs> I know. That's well, the I thing. Could, I, I could pretty. I could give you a pretty good estimate. They send it. <laughs> but I mean, I if you add that down pretty easily, if you ask Drew Carey how much he was worth, I don't think he could actually tell you with any certainty. <laughs> no, we know more than he does. I just think it'd be funny if they just sent an email like, "Hey, how how much money do you have?" And he honestly responds, four hundred million dollars for Marky Mark. Wow. I just won this week's edition of How Many Drew Carey. See, I thought about doing a dollar, and I thought about doing three fifty. <laughs> I saw numbers that were as low as 215 and as high as four. So Wow. Okay. Either way. So it's somewhere in there. A rich man, Mark Wahlberg. That's true. Not only in the bank account, but in the heart and soul as well. And in the dong. And in the dong. Don't forget the dong. He must have eaten salads in his time, right? In the happening. They'd still kill him, wouldn't they? No, That's they're already dead. He stepped on so kinda, much grass. He, he kind of slimmed down a little bit for this role, though. He wasn't like normal, like chiseled Marky Mark. Well, that's fine. But then you're eating more like vegetables and healthy food. So he's killed a lot of plants. Forgot about that. Yeah, but if they're not in the ground, can they still kill you? He's wearing cotton. Yeah, but after the plants have died, you can they can still... <laughs> they remember, Nico. They remember. <laughs> they remember. <laughs> what, do you, what was he trying to tell us about he's a hot dogs? Like, oh. what was M. Night, like, trying to tell us with that line? That they have a lot of protein? Good shit. Well, yeah, no, we, we have the guy who <laughs> loves plants who only eats ground-up animal. Like, what are we supposed to take away? What's the lesson? It's an anti-vegetarian movie. It means eat more cows and pigs. To save the earth from killing the, us. Exactly. Right. exactly. right. No more de- deforestation. Slaughter animals. That's you know, it's, it's just... It's just Start a man if you have to. There you go. <laughs> Eat man. <laughs> it's an advocate for cannibalism. <laughs> All right. Uh, Soil and green. We full circle. Yeah. The green effect. Ooh. I, like <laughs> I like that. We'll be back next week. Maybe Nick will be in studio. Maybe he won't. Maybe we're talking M night. Maybe we're not. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out at the yeah. same time we do. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time, you've all been so very, very, very naughty. <laughs> naughty. naughty.